What's up, guys? Evolution Org podcast coming your way, guys. Q&A episode. Steve Smee here. I got Rick. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing? Guys, we have five really fun topics sent in by you guys, posted on the forums. So let's get the first one. First one is, he wants to know why is he having erectile dysfunction on 750 milligrams of testosterone and 500 milligrams of DECA, even while his estrogen is normal. So this is an interesting one, guys. So let me talk about my opinion on, on what's going on here. So first of all, the misconception out there from people is they think that estrogen, high estrogen causes um, erectile dysfunction. And that is true only when your testosterone is low. And that's something that I've noticed over the years. So the stereotype of the guy, the obese guy sitting in his uh, grandma's basement, uh, playing video games and, and uh, you know, spending all his time online and playing, uh, playing with himself, having low libido and erectile dysfunction is true because that guy, um, because he's obese, because he has a poor diet, he's eating pizza, he's eating Pop-Tarts, he's eating crap all day, not exercising, he's got low testosterone. And he also has high estrogen because he is overweight and he's consuming a lot of stuff that causes the body to um, not produce testosterone and have high estrogen at the same time. So it's, it's, it is true, that stereotype. But here, here's the thing. When you have high testosterone along with high estrogen, your libido should be also sky high. What the problem is is when your uh, estrogen gets too low, that is when you'll start noticing your libido, take a hit, your mood, take a hit, your erectile dysfunction problems coming. So with that out of the way, what is happening specifically with this guy? His, his estrogen is balanced because he's running a aromatized inhibitor, aromacin or arimidex. So good for him. Um, my, this is my um, theory that I've told people over the years, guys. When you run nandrolone, this isn't a theory, this is a fact. When you run nandrolone, it does metabolize into something called dihydronandrolone, which is DHN. What happens with that is it swamps your dihydrotestosterone, which is your DHT. DHT is your sex hormone. So if you have an imbalance of too much DHN swamping your DHT, you're going to run into dick problems. DHT is our sex hormone, guys. It's what gave us penises as babies. So... You need that DHT to be balanced. You need it to be up. So when that's being swamped by that DHN, that dihydronandrolone, from the nandrolone metabolizing, running all that testosterone as well is not going to be enough to combat that. So what you have to do on an androlone, instead of jacking up the testosterone levels higher and higher and higher, trying to offset it, which is going to get you nowhere. You'd have to run three, four, five thousand milligrams of testosterone to, to convert enough DHT to offset that. But you're also going to convert a shitload of estrogen and obviously androgenic problems. So that's not the way to go. So my idea that I came up with a few years ago, and this works 100% of the time, is run a DHT derivative with an androlone. Run Proviron, 50 milligrams a day of Proviron. With that androlone, will offset those DHN side effects, such as erectile dysfunction. Another thing you can do is run these herbs, the Fedosia, the Tribulus, the Macuna, the Fenugreek. These herbs 
have been used for thousands of years, hundreds of years, thousands of years for erectile dysfunction. And they work, guys. It, they'll help you with your libido and your erectile dysfunction. So that's why I recommend Intugenerate. So when you're on cycle and you have, you're worried about your erectile health or your libido, Intugenerate, guys. Intugenerate Extra Strength ES. Those are really good options, guys. So the Proviron and the Intugenerate. And I promise, I, 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 I can almost guarantee it, guys. 100% success rate. You should not have problems unless you had existing problems before. Rick, what's your opinion on this? So um, that's a lot of things to think about there. Um, I personally like the testosterone at twice the dose of DECA, and he's not doing that here. He's 750 to 500. 500 DECA, in my opinion, is already high. So I wouldn't even go that high on the DECA anyway, even if I was doing twice the amount of testosterone. So with this cycle, he is, he's already at 1,250 mix and at 500 milligrams of DECA, two things which I advise all my clients not to do. DECA should be kept, in my opinion, 400 is the very top. Lower than that is perfect. Some guys can get away with, a, with just 200 a week. Testosterone, 500 megs if you're doing 200 megs of DECA, 250. And you're staying under a gram. So you want to stay under a gram of, of, of steroids per week. And you also want to run the testosterone at twice the DECA. Once you go over a gram of steroids per week, you start to run into different and crazier side effects than you do on, under the, the kind of the gram uh, line that I, that I described to people. So definitely just the, the dosage alone, 1250 is, is high and the 500 DECA. Also, uh, there are a lot of things, oh, just, just to point out because he says estrogen is normal. You know, you need estrogen for the mechanics. If you drop your estrogen too low, then you can't, you won't get an erection either. Estrogen is necessary for the actual mechanics of the erection anyway. So you do need some estrogen in your system. Um, and when it comes to erectile dysfunction, you know, there's so many things that can affect sex drive and erections that are not related to hormones that you really, if you're sitting there having some of these issues and, and you're a steroid user, you want to just not concentrate on the steroid end of it. You want to look at everything else in your lifestyle. Are you resting enough? Are you happy with your partner? Are you uh, stressed out? Are you stressed out from work? Are you having personal problems? You know, are, are you still attracted to the person you're supposed to be having sex with, right? All these things need to be brought into consideration. You know, I brought up this story a couple of podcasts ago. Uh, my buddy, uh, Nelson Montana, is having a conversation with him. Dude is in his 60s and he, uh, you know, he's still, he's still, uh, he reports that he still has great libido. And I asked him, I said, hey, man, what's the secret? Because I'm, you know, I'm about to hit 40 and, and sometimes I'm not, I don't feel old there and I, and I take, I take stuff. And he goes, hey, well, get yourself a 21-year-old a girlfriend and then your libido will, will be fine and you have no, no ED problems. So a lot of things to consider outside of just the steroids. And you want to make sure when it comes specifically when it comes to sex drive, you want to look at everything that's involved, not just hormonal levels on a, on a piece of paper. Because you'll, you'll run into old men in their 60s and their 70s, estrogen through the roof, low testosterone levels. And they can still get an erection and they can still, you know, they can still be up for the game. So don't just focus on the, on the, on the estrogen uh, and, and testosterone and androgens. The, the hormones aren't everything. 
yes, you want to look at that, but also look at everything else that's going on in your life. Uh, you know, some stimulants, you know, if you have, if you take some kind of some certain medications or, or if you dabble with, with drugs, wreck drugs and things like that, that can also lead to erectile, erectile dysfunction problems. So look at everything. The whole lifestyle is important to look at when you, when you have this, this kind of issue. Yeah, guys. And also I want to add to, um, think about it guys, uh, erectile dysfunction. What is it? Lack of blood flow, right? It's lack of blood flow. And what contributes to lack of blood flow is poor heart health. So if you're running so much steroid, you're running all the steroids, you know, that's going to affect your heart health because you're probably putting on a lot of weight. You are putting on a lot of weight. I mean, you run that much steroids, even if you lift once or twice a week, I mean, you're going to put on weight. So that's why another reason why, you know, I have my opinion in that you should keep your testosterone low with DECA, not high. Because now if you keep your testosterone high, it's going to aromatize more into estrogen and give you more water weight. So I'm a big believer in limiting the water weight, limiting the side effects, and just focusing on the cycle instead of multiplying the side effects. So those are two approaches you, you guys can, can take a look, look at. Okay, so here's another one. Here's another one. We get this a lot. And this is a very, very important topic, guys. And we haven't talked about this before. This guy ran his blood work. And his doctor is worried about his BUN and his creatinine levels. And he's saying he's on cycle. So first off, whether you're on or off cycle, these numbers for a weightlifter, there's a good chance that your BUN, which is your blood urea nitrogen, and your creatinine are going to be high. So why is that? Remember guys, when you're exercising and you're sweating, your body is gonna get rid of the urea nitrogen, okay? Your liver produces the ammonia, which, which contains nitrogen. And at, after it breaks down proteins used by the cells in your body. So that combined with you know, the carbon, hydrogen, oxygen form the urea, and that's a chemical waste product. So if you ever walk into a locker room, or um, especially like a football locker room because football players sweat like fucking crazy because they're wearing all those pads or a hockey locker room. If you play hockey, you'll notice that ammonia smell. Or if you go into a hot yoga studio, you'll notice that ammonia smell. What is that smell? It smells kind of funky. Well, that's because that's the waste product coming out of the people. So when you run blood work, it's going to be elevated because of that. Because you're, you're exercising, you're breaking down those proteins, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not necessarily because you have a high protein diet. That's a lot of people mis, misguide that. And it's not necessarily from using steroids. In fact, I can probably promise you it's not from using steroids. So whether you're on or off cycle, that's not an issue. It's all about your, your training. How are you working out? You're sweating, you, you know, busting your ass in the gym. You're going to have those levels elevated. Doctors, are not athletes, okay? In fact, of all the professions out there, doctors and nurses are the least healthy. So they don't know anything about exercise. They don't know anything about fitness. So to them, they're used to looking at the typical American couch potato. And the typical American couch potato is gonna have normal levels of BUN and creatinine because they don't exercise. But you, you're in there every fucking, every other day exercising it's going to be elevated guys. So again, it's nothing to worry about. You can confirm that by not weight training and not exercising for two or three weeks and then going back and getting blood work and watch what happens. Your levels will be 
back to normal or close to back to normal because you're not breaking down every day, every day, every day, like you are now. That is, that is the truth guys. So a lot of doctors, you know, they'll, they'll get your blood work done and then they'll freak you out. They're like, Oh my God, you got kidney disease. We got to run additional tests. We got to run this, run this. So they'll run all these extra tests and they'll find out, yeah, you have nothing wrong with you. And it's like, why did I just spend thousands of dollars in appointments and going to doctors and all these labs and you're telling me there's nothing wrong with me? Well, uh, we're not really sure, blah, blah, blah. No, it's because you're exercising. So guys, again, you know, we're not doctors, Rick and I. Always trust your doctor. Always listen to your doctor. I have to say that. But at the end of the day, sometimes doctors don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And especially on, on this topic. And I actually had a doctor one time tell me, Rick, you're going to find this funny. Is she said that supplements uh, cause kidney damage. She told me that. And the reason she told me that is because her son who weightlifts had <laughs> elevated BUN and elevated creatinine levels. So she thought her son was getting kidney disease from supplements. No, no, no. Your son has elevated levels because he works out, lady. But, you know. She was some obese doctor. She didn't know what the fuck she was talking about. So you're, you're going to run into that a lot, guys. So um, be prepared for that. What do you think, what do you think Rick? Yeah, well, uh, so these, you know, what you're describing is actually, uh, these, are, these can all be markers for real, like, kidney disease, uh, kidney failure. Also, uh, dehydration. If you're, if you're dehydrated, uh, because maybe you're trying to cut down, that could also uh, uh, raise your levels. And uh, taking creatine as well can, can raise them. So there's definitely uh, different things to consider, you know, besides, obviously, you're a weight-trained athlete, so this is what your blood test may look like. Um, things you could, you could kind of do is maybe eat more fiber. That might actually help. And maybe have more fluids. But, you know, more fiber and, and fluids uh, – it's a, it's a good way to go. But yeah, I mean, if, if you're a weight trained athlete, if you're eating high protein, if you're uh, maybe taking a, a pre-workout with some creatine in it, you're going to have a, you're going to have some weird uh, a test results as far as bombing create creatine. Angle. Yeah. A lot of doctors guys don't even support weight training. They're against it. Um, I say most doctors, if you talk to them there, they'd be like, Oh, we, we don't want you weight training. Cause they think weight training causes heart disease. They, they get confused because they see a lot of their, they might see bodybuilders, big, beefed up bodybuilders who are abusing steroids and they're huge, you know, 250 pounds, 300 pounds with heart disease. So they equate that with, Oh my God, weightlifting causes heart disease. You see, you see what I'm saying? So, um, you know, you're going to run into a lot of that with doctors, a lot of ignorance with not only doctors, but coworkers, family members, friends, et cetera, in life. So it's important to know this stuff. This is why this podcast is important to know this information that we get, we give you. So you can kind of, just brush all that shit off and let, not let people manipulate you um, with their opinions. Okay, so this is, this is the next one. I want to kind of get Rick in this because when I read this question, someone I asked this question. He wanted us oh, just to just ask, one just, yeah, just one just one thing I, I want to throw in there. Uh, and Steve, this is something you always say, so I want to just tell people: uh, blood test, take your own, get your own blood work. Make sure you do it periodically. Uh, do it off cycle, during cycle, after cycle. Make sure you keep all your blood working. The way the way it works, uh, if you use uh, Steve's uh, link there, it's basically you get a an order from a doctor signed to go get your blood work. It costs about a quarter of what it would cost you to actually walk into the office. And you know you'll take the the paper to a place and go get your blood drawn and get your results. So yeah, blood work, blood work, blood work. Make sure you 
do it often and make sure you keep all your stuff and monitor it. And it's part of, uh, should be part of your journal, should be your blood test results. Uh, keep them there, you know, staple them in your journal with, with the date they were taken. And, you know, keep your, uh, keep your own records in a way of your training, of your diet, your weight, pictures, blood results. You should just keep all of that. It, it, it can come in handy later. Yeah, guys. So if you go on my signature, Steve SMI on the forums, either on Evolutionary or Elite Fitness, you'll see the link. And feel free to hit me up, guys, um, if you want me to look over your blood work and give you my opinion and all that good stuff. And I can kind of, you know, go over this stuff as well. So um, it's all about saving money, guys. Um, so this is another one. And Rick, I wanted to get you in right off the bat because I read uh, this question. He wanted us to ask this on the podcast. I read this question and my brain almost blew up because he came up with the idea of, he said, if he's prone to gyno, can he still get MPB, uh, male pattern baldness? So he's kind of equating gyno from estrogen to male pattern baldness from DHT conversion. So he wants to know, is that possible on cycle to get both? Because they're kind of the opposite. And I kind of, my brain almost blew up when I read it. <laughs> Mine's just blowing up now listening to this. Yeah, because I'm trying to figure out where I'm prone to both. Theory. I'm prone to both. I'm prone to gynecomastia and I'm prone to male parabolness. Um, I had gynecomastia as a child just through puberty. I had hard glands under my nipples. And as an adult, I've had to watch my steroid use and, and beat that gynecomastia. It's been a thing. I've thought about having the operation, but I figured I'd delay it until I really couldn't anymore. Uh, right now, I still use formistane. Got a decent stash of uh, some some topical formistain with arimistane that I mix myself and I use on my nipples during when I'm taking steroids. Uh, but if I don't use the formistain, it, they'll they'll just naturally get puffy. And same thing with the male pattern baldness. So I have both. So I don't know what this guy's talking about. I think his theory is how can someone have high estrogen and get the gyno and have high DHT and get the male pattern baldness. I think that's what his question was. Just take and steroids and you'll get both. You have <laughs> high estrogen. You have high everything. Just take some fucking steroids and yeah. you'll, have, you'll have all the problems. So I think if you took lots of testosterone, you'd get the estrogen. And if you took lots of Winstrol, you get that DHT effect where it blow up your you prostate. get both just from testosterone. And you could, which, yeah, you, could, yeah. you could you could shoot testosterone and have high estrogen, high DHT, and high testosterone. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he was kind of like reading about how DHT derivative steroids, like uh, like the Primabolin, for example, or the Masteron, or or some of these actually help offset estrogen in the body. But what people have to remember is these aromatizing steroids; they aromatize so rapidly and so much that it's going to you, you can't just take you know uh, you can't expect the dht to save you on that you have to run an ai to offset the estrogen and then with the dht issues there is no way to stop if you take a dht derivative there is no way to offset it like people think if they take finasteride that can that can offset the the dht effect it doesn't because finasteride works to offset the conversion of the testosterone to dihydrotestosterone, but it doesn't do anything for the direct DHT effect. 
And that's something that people have to remember. Um, and even experts out there, they'll forget that. So yeah, if you run testosterone with no AI, you could open yourself up to gynecomastia. And if you run a lot of winstrol, you're going to shed your head hair and you're going to have joint problems and you're probably going to blow your prostate up if you were to run a lot of winstrol. So yeah, it's possible to do it. So this guy is, um, is, is definitely not, not telling, uh, not, not accurate with his theory. Yeah. You can, you can have both. I, I'm living proof of it. Uh, male pattern baldness and prone to gynecomastia. I've only been able to beat it back as long as I have, because I know how to use the chemistry and I make my own stuff. I make my own cream for my, for my nipples. I make my own concoctions for my, for my hair. And even then, you know, reaching now uh, 40, uh, it's, it just gets harder and harder. So yeah, you can have both. Yeah. So we like to throw in a nutrition question as well. And, um, you know, so I'm going to bring in Rick first. Uh, we haven't talked about this actually on this podcast. I don't think Rick, um, about fruit. A lot of people, there's a lot of uh, stuff out there about fruit. I'm a pro fruit person myself. I don't think fruit is bad for you, but a lot of people do. What's your opinion on this, Rick? Fruit's awesome. I mean, it's got sugars and bodybuilders, you know, we don't, we stay away from sugars, right? But fruit is great. It's got enzymes, has vitamins, minerals, a lot of stuff you, your body needs. Um, I like, look, for health, papaya, you know, pineapple. Uh, I'll take pineapple hearts, cut them into little squares and just kind of chew them once and, and swallow them. Pineapple has great uh, digestive enzymes. Papaya does too. Um, a lot of antioxidants in, in different uh, fruits and berries. I mean, fruit is great just for the nutrition you get. The only kind of a little bit of a drawback to it is the high uh, sugar content, but fruit has incredible fiber. You know, if you, if you want to go sit down and eat a bag of cherries <laughs> and you will go, you know, uh, everything. I mean, fruit is great. I love fruit. Uh, and I just, just fit it into your macros the right way. Eat it at the right times. Um, if you're going to make a shake, you know, blend the fruit, uh, keep the whole thing in there. You know, it's as much of the peel and everything as you can on the fruit. I mean, I, I love it. I think fruit, fruit is great. Just within reason, within moderation, obviously don't, don't overdo it. Cause it is, it is full of sugars. So Rick, I want to ask you, cause you're big on history. Um, those of you who don't know Rick, Rick's a, off, off uh, the podcast, we talk about history and evolution and, you know, human civilizations and stuff. But go back in history, um, weren't humans originally, like we evolved the first foods that we were eating were fruit and in early civilizations, didn't they uh, consume fruit like and trade fruit all the time? I mean, we've been eating fruit for 2 million years. Am I wrong or, or what? Absolutely right. I mean, fruit is, we've, we really are more, we really eat more of a plant-based diet historically than we really did animals most of the time. And fruit has always been a thing. You know, the reason our eyesight, uh, we can see all different shades of, of red and, and dogs can't is because we needed our eyesight to be able to tell when the right type of fruit is, is at the right stage of ripening. You know, our vision is specifically to just be able to, to tell if a fruit is ready or not by looking at it. It's something that predatory animals don't, don't have the same type of vision we do. So fruit has been a part of our evolution for, for plant-based uh, foods have been a part of our evolution forever. I mean, it's changed our biology and really. 
Yeah, if you look at nature, our closest ancestors, our closest relatives, not ancestors, our closest relatives in nature, the, the apes, their diet is primarily fruit. Um, so, and also if you look at religious publications, you know, um, from the beginning of time, whether it's the ancient Egyptians, whether it's Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, any of these religions, if you read their publications, they always mention fruit, like Adam and Eve, the forbidden fruit, apple. So fruit's been around a long time. So this idea that suddenly fruit's causing diabetes and causing all these health problems today is buffoonery. And um, again, it's a perfect example of how food companies and fast food and restaurants, because though they don't sell fruit, so for them, they want to steer people away from fruit and back to processed foods, refined foods, more meats, you know, more, uh, you know, stuff like that. And um, I'm not a vegan or vegetarian guys, by the way, I, I eat meat today, I'm going to be eating um, chicken, I'm going to be making chicken for dinner. But I do consume fruit, definitely, it's part of my diet. And um, I consume it um, on days that, you know, I'm eating, obviously. Um, and here's the thing. Um, if you take a melon, for example, 95, 96, 97% of that melon is water. And then the rest of that melon is fiber, like Rick said, and then very, very, very little of that is sugar. So fruit is mostly water and some fiber. So it's not just full of sugar. A lot of people think fruit is just like 80%, 90% sugar. It's not. Um, bananas have the most sugar, uh, the least amount of water. So it has most sugar out of anything. And obviously if you dry fruit, the water gets extracted and it becomes more sugary. But for the most part, all fruits, guys, tropical fruits, for example, very, very healthy, full of um, nutrition, vitamins, minerals, fair game guys on, on, on all this. Um, I'm not so much of a fan of bananas because like I said, it has a low water content. It's only like 74, 75% water. And I'm not a fan as well as on a lot of apples these days, because a lot of apples these days are not organic. It's very hard to find organic apples. And even the organic apples are covered in wax. And they're also been picked when they've been unripe. So they've ripened along the trip. So it just depends. If you live close to an apple orchard and it's organic apples, that's fine. Um, but if you're getting apples from the supermarket that have been shipped from Washington state across the country, there's a good chance they're covered in wax and they're covered with, with sub. So stick with organic locally grown fruits. That's your best option or tropical fruits. Of course, in the United States, we don't have local tropical fruits unless you live like in, in, in South Florida or you live like in South California or something. We don't have access to, to tropical fruits as much. But, um, it, you know, stick to those organic, locally grown fruits. Very, very good. But if you're buying fruit that's covered in pesticides, that's not doing, doing you any good. You really have to, you know, get the fruit that is, um, you know, organic and locally grown. That's your best option with the fruit, guys. But the glycemic index of fruit is high, but the glycemic load of fruit is very low. So the glycemic index of a, a fruit versus a bagel are the same, about 75, right? Of, of Let's take watermelon, for example. But the glycemic load of a watermelon is super, super low, almost zero. And then the glycemic load of a bagel is much higher. So that's why you see um, uh, diabetics, they'll have fruit and their, their blood sugar levels won't go crazy. But if they have a bagel, their blood sugar levels go crazy. The bagel is a refined 
um, is a refined food. It's a refined floured food. So it's going to shoot their um, blood sugar sky high. So fruit is, is excellent guys. And if you, you know, have a relative or something and they're like, you know, blaming fruit for the reason they got diabetes, they're, they're uh, very ignorant on the subject because fruit will not give you diabetes. Uh, we'll give, we'll, we'll give you diabetes as frequent eating, refined uh, foods, refined oils, processed foods, fast food, restaurant food, all that shit and eating too frequently and not fasting enough that will give you the, that will boost your insulin uh, resistance, but don't blame it on, on fruit at all. Fruit is, is, uh, is nothing wrong with fruit at all when you're eating it properly. Like, like Rick said, you don't want to eat fruit from 6 a.m. To, to 11 p.m. Just like you wouldn't want to eat any food from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. So anything else, Sadrick, before we move into the relationship topic? Yeah, a, a couple of things. Uh, when it comes to fruit, uh, you want to eat a broad spectrum of fruit, not just a bunch of one thing. So if you like fruit, just don't just slam just apples or just grapes or just this. Have a whole plethora of different uh, fruits you use. Um, yes, look, the GMO and, and the industrial farming uh, aspect of that conversation, it's, it's a long rabbit's hole. We need like a three-hour podcast to really get into that. But if you can't try to have um, as much of organic, uh, locally sourced fruit as possible, if you, know, if you at all can. If you can't, look, some fruit is better than no fruit in my opinion, so get what you can get. And also, you brought up a, a bananas. You know, you'd be surprised just how much water and sugar there is in bananas. There's something that I used to do as a, as a kid and um, when I was a wrestler, and now I, I do that every once in a while. You take a banana, right? But, but make sure it's, it's there. You know, it's got a little bit of black spots on it, so you know it's nice, nice and, and ready to go. It's, it's, you put just a banana peeled in a bowl, like a cereal bowl. Then you take one scoop of whey protein. It could be unflavored or any flavor you want and take a fork and start squeezing that banana in there with, with, the, with the whey protein and just keep, keep messing with it. Keep squishing it and flipping it, squishing it and flipping it. After a couple minutes, this thing's going to turn to consistency of pudding and you'll have the most delicious just banana and whey protein pudding you've ever had. It's sweet. It's, it's you know, wet uh, in the mouth. I mean, it's a great, great, just quick little thing I'll do once in a while. Just take a banana, it's ready to go, a little black spots on it. Peel it, throw it in the ball, one, maybe two scoops of, of, of whey protein, and just take a fork and just squeeze it, squeeze it, squeeze it, pick up that whey with the, with the banana until this thing turns into a pudding. And then you could just flip it. You know, you could just hit it with the, you know, hit it in a circular motion with the fork and whip it. You, you could whip this thing like a, like a pudding almost. And it's, it's great. So, I mean, I love fruit. It's a big part of my, of my diet. And again, I, I feel I'm getting the enzymes, uh, you know, antioxidants, uh, vitamins, minerals, all these great things I, I, you should be getting out of the fruit, all this great nutrition. It's, it, you know, it's just great, man. I, I, fruit, fruit is the best. Yeah. And one of the things too, it's good. Um, technically like you could go the whole day with just consuming fruit and you wouldn't even have to drink that much water because fruit has so much water in it. So, um, and a lot of you listening are like, what the hell is this guy talking about? I can't go the whole day without drinking. But like, hypothetically speaking, you could if you just consume fruit the whole day. But the problem is you don't consume fruit. You're consuming meat, you're consuming uh, processed foods, you're consuming all these dead foods that don't have any water content. So that's what makes you thirsty. So if you find yourself like eating a meal and, and after, during the meal, you're like, oh my God, I'm thirsty. 
then that tells me that your meal is super, super dry and you're not getting water from the foods you're consuming. So that is a problem long-term because that can lead to gut health issues. So hypothetically speaking, guys, you know, we talk about this, but like cutting to the chase, if you've got gut problems, you know, all these diseases and stuff, just go into like a fruit-based diet, you know, for a period of time and then transitioning back to a more healthier diet where you add, you know, the, the meats, okay, that can do wonders for your, for your gut health because of the water content of, of fruit. So fruit, there's a lot of little things with fruit that a lot of people don't appreciate. And that's, that's a big one. All right, guys. So our final topic, and I, I want to get Rick in on this. Um, this is a really, <laughs> Rick's already laughing. <laughs> and the reason, uh, this is a good question. And I've never experienced this before, but um, someone wanted, wanted me to ask this. And I think it's a good one. They said they're traveling with their girlfriend to Mexico, a resort. I'm assuming it's like one of those all-inclusive resorts, yada, yada, yada. It's so fucking cheap to go to like these countries and stay at these resorts. You're talking like 200 a night and it's all-inclusive. Everything's included. But the catch is he's been dating this girl a few months. She has a five-year-old daughter and the daughter is coming with them. So he wants to know. He's kind of freaked out about it. He's only known the daughter for like a month. You know, they like each other and stuff, but he's freaked out because he's not sure, you know, what should they do uh, in terms of um, getting a room? Should they get separate rooms? Should they get like a two bedroom uh, room at the resort and like, you know, the kid can sleep in one room and, you know, him and her can sleep in the other? Should they get two separate rooms where she sleeps with the kid in one room and he sleeps in the other room? You know, and then um, how's it going to work with like alone time with her? Like, um, so Rick, you've traveled a lot and I'm sure you've been in this predicament and, uh, I, no, I have like, not, uh, <laughs> no, I have not. Well, but, switch it around. How about you traveling with your right, kid so, with, a, with a girl? Look, if you, you have to have, you, if you're traveling with a, with a child, you have to pick one of these resorts where they have activities for them. You know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll pull them aside. They'll do face painting, kids dances. They'll teach them culture. Just make sure you go to a resort where they have a bunch of kids activities. And then the kid will be out of the room hanging out with the other kids around the resort with some of the people that work there taking care of them. And then you can have a sexy time with your, with your girl. This is a lot of uh, families travel with kids and they go to these resorts, Disney resort, like there's even Disney cruises, all this stuff where they take the kids away to go do some activities so that you can get some, some hanky panky going. And that's it. I mean, you're in this situation already. I'm um, good for you. Um, just uh, make the best of it and go to a resort where uh, they have kids activities so you can get a little bit of sex while you're there. What about like a family? If you have a family um, and you travel, like do you get separate rooms or do you get like a two bedroom room where, you know, it's like you can close the door and have alone time with her. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, or do you get like- If it's your wife? Yeah, because I remember as a kid, sometimes we travel, like we have family trips and my parents would we'd get two rooms next to each other, and I would be in one room with my Yeah, sibling. married people aren't having sex, bro. I don't think that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, you know, if, you, if you're married, it, you can – it's easy – okay, so it's easier to, to, to not, not have sex with your wife that you've been a family with than it is with a girlfriend. I mean, this is a girlfriend situation, right? 
So it's, it, you know, I'm sure the guy, when he's over there, you know, the, the beach, the sand, the warm weather, humidity is going to make him want to, want to get some nastiness going. But like I, I've traveled with, with my, uh, with my kids and, and the mom, uh, you know, both of them at one time or another. And it's just not a big of a deal. Like you can go with your wife uh, to on a vacation or somewhere for a week and maybe only have a long time once or twice. You know, I got used to my parents showering together because when we, uh, when we emigrated to the U.S., we lived in a very small, small place. It was like a little studio apartment for, for four of us, you know, my, my parents, my little sister and I. And so uh, my parents would, would shower together. It was a thing they did. And it was just normal and that's it. So that's how I kind of handled it on trips. You know, I, I would shower with my wife or then later on my girlfriend and, uh, you know, the baby would be, you know, watching television or just doing regular, you know, kid stuff. And, you know, that's it. And you just got to be responsible with it. And, you know, don't leave them alone for too long. Make sure you close the balcony, <laughs> the balcony doors and, you know, make sure they don't get hurt. Or another thing is you, you wake up before the kids. You wake up before the kids and, you know, you shower together. and You don't get them out of bed until you guys are all ready to go. I mean, there's several ways to finagle that. It's, I've never found it to be a really, really big deal. And then, um, so go back to your, let's go back to your first point for a little bit, Rig. Why? <laughs> <laughs> but what happens uh, when you get older in your 40s, 50s? There's a good chance a lot of women, you know, that are divorced, they have, they, they'll have kids. So, I mean, you know, like um, women, you know, even in their late 20s, 30s, you know, they're going to have, they might have a. So, a, so a, a a little bit of a technical difficulty. My, my, my earphones cut off just a little bit. So you were saying, what about when you get up to my age? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about on your first point, uh, okay. because you don't want to date women. I don't. Kids. No, I don't. And um, I think for the most part, I have not. Um, I dated, um, I got serious with a girl. She had a kid that was uh, in college, believe it or not. And I dated another girl series. I, I, other than that, I haven't really dated, had much experience with it, but as I'm getting older, let's say hypothetically, you know, I start, you know, dating and I, I find a really cool girl and she has a kid, you know, would it be, you know, wouldn't it be silly to just like disregard her? Be like, yeah, you know, you have a kid and um, she's divorced, you know, she's been divorced for years and she has like a kid, maybe five, 10 year old kid. Wouldn't it be silly to just say, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess with you because you have a kid because if she's like hot as fuck and she's beautiful and she's a sweet girl, she's, got a good job and everything she can take care of herself wouldn't you know what like help me out there why uh why do you just, say no just keep it casual you don't i mean you could tell her from the start say look I, I like you but i'm not role model material for for your kid you know i'm, I'm, a, I'm a steroid user um i have kind of a bad temper i'm just you know i'm not the, <laughs> i'm not the guy to, but why not, why wouldn't i'm saying why wouldn't you want to be serious though what what's the logic behind them i mean th there's a bunch of different things. I mean, for one, I mean, I, I have options. So I, I'll opt to spend more time with and, and open myself up to somebody that doesn't have children. There are a lot of women out there nowadays that just don't want children. A lot of women. And in my, in my particular situation, for some reason, I, I just do much better with, young, with, with younger women than I do with women around my age. You know, women in their 30s, just, they just don't really take me seriously, don't care for me. But you get a girl in her early 20s and she's all about me. And that just has been the way things have worked out. So I, 
I already have children. I've already given the, the living with someone a go a couple of times. It just didn't work out for me. So it's not in my priorities to, to play house with anybody. Um, I like to spend time with girls that I like to have fun and, and that we have interest in common, like to have good conversations, good intimacy, all that great stuff. But as far as playing house with somebody, wanting to have someone next to you every day, uh, you know, maybe getting married again and risking another expensive divorce and all these things, they're just not, they're not things that I think about. And I don't lie to any girls to get, to, to get in their pants. So I'm pretty forthcoming and pretty upfront about it from the start. I have dated women with kids a bunch of times. I just don't see their kids ever. We just, we go out, we hang out, we, we'll go on a little weekend trip together, one or two nights and kid will stay with grandparents, the baby dad, whatever it is. And we just handle it that way. I, I'm just, just, just up front. And I've said this in a couple other podcasts, you'd be real surprised what women are willing to agree to if you just say, say it honestly and talk about it and say, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a good role model material for your kid. You might as well just don't bring him around. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a steroid, like I said, I'm a steroid user, I cuss, I have, uh, you know, some, some views on things that you just don't, you don't, you don't want your kid around me. And look, man, I'll tell you what, if it's happened a couple of times that I'll get around some, somebody else's kid and I just, I don't feel like playing on engaging, even if it's a cool kid, because I have my own that I miss all the time that I wish I was next to. I wish I probably my 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 biggest probably only failing in life is not being able to raise my my children full time and being next all, all, all the time. And that's something that I a uh, little bit of pain that I take with me everywhere. So I just don't and I'm just forthcoming about it and just tell them exactly how it is what to expect. Then you don't have uh, you don't have these issues. You know you're not <laughs> you're not sending Steve a, a message asking him what you should do, how, how you can get some sex with with the five year old little girl around. <laughs> you know, and then, and then the next room, five feet away. <laughs> I just yeah, I mean you exactly. You don't. I mean, look, she's five, and you're going on a trip. She's not gonna want to sleep anywhere that's not next to her mom. So that's killed. You're you're on the couch at that point. Or they better bring you a little cot, a little futon or something, um, because oh, what you're gonna you're gonna sleep in the bed with the mom and, and a five year old little girl. I mean, that could lend itself to, for some misunderstandings that you might you might have some. Yeah, it, it the could. bird the bird at your door in Mexico with you have no idea, bro. So many <laughs> things could happen. I'm telling you, I, I when I saw this uh, this question come in, I'm like. Five-year-old girl, just the three of you in a room, she's going to want to sleep next to, next to mommy. First of all, you're not sleeping in that bed, uh, or you shouldn't. Second, I mean, it's just, it, some of these relationship questions we get, I start off thinking, see, I'd never get myself into that situation. I don't care how hot <laughs> the girl is. I don't, listen, I do not yeah. care how hot this lady is. <laughs> I'm not, we're not going with, with your five-year-old little girl on a trip the three of us. So your advice to him is if, okay. How about how about how about how about this? How about this? If if grandmother comes along, and grandma and the little and the little girl have like their own room, and I have my room with my girl, yeah, and yeah. grandma is there to monitor her or an yes. aunt or something else. All right, but if it's yeah. just the three of us, and and you go into the bathroom, and and I'm in, it could lend itself just to so many misunderstandings and yeah. so many issues that I wouldn't even I wouldn't find myself in that situation ever. I just won't. 
refuse to. So probably the best option though for this guy is just to leave the kid at home for her to her, him to talk to her and be like, look, you know, we need to get a babysitter. You need to leave, leave the kid with the like, father, It's like all these, you know, the answer to pretty much almost every relationship question we get is don't get yourself into that situation to begin with. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. just don't get, don't get it started. You, you just don't wake up in that situation overnight. You make decisions that lead you to that point. And when you get there, you might, maybe you'll realize it's not, not the best place to be at. And look, I'm sorry, I don't want to uh, offend anybody out there. I know, I know everybody's divorced with kids. <laughs> and I know everybody's trying to date people with kids. So I don't want to offend anyone out there that, that is a good uh, stepdad and all, all this stuff. I don't want guys being, up, being turned off to the show by, by my comments. But if you're asking me my opinion for your situation is just don't do it. Stay away from, from, if you have your own children already, just stay away from that situation altogether. Try to do the best you can to keep up with your kids and try to take, if you take your kid on the trip, you know, seriously, right. Ask, ask the mom, if you have children and, and you know, your significant others got kids, bring your kids too. You know, what's kind of shitty is this reminds me of a, I think I saw a movie um, or maybe it was a show about some guy, but what about this guy? He's going with this girl, taking her and her kid on this little trip, but he was married and he's got a kid from a other marriage and he never even take his old wife and old kid on a trip ever. He never took his trip, even the Disney, his kid, even the Disneyland. How fucked up would that be if he turns around now with this new chick? Cause she's so hot and she's so obsessed with her that, He's willing to just do whatever, like take her and her kid on a, on a fucking all-inclusive trip like that. But he wouldn't even do that with his own kid or spend more money on this kid than his actual own kids. We see that a lot too. I've seen that on like shows and stuff. Uh, listen, it happens all the time. I think we just had like a thousand people unsubscribe to the podcast because they don't want to hear that. A thousand dudes out there. Just don't, nobody wants to hear this, but it's the truth. It's unfortunate, but it happens all the time because uh, marriage and relationships get so complicated, you might end up not having, like me, maybe not having the, not having the ideal relationship with your child because of a situation with, with their mom. And it's, it's, it's tough. It's hard. I'm going through, I've been through it. I'm going through it now. And you just have to, you have to kind of just be true to yourself, understand, you know, look ahead of what's going to happen, you know, decades from now when, when all of these kids are older, their kids and yours and all that, and try to work the situation the best you can. It's hard. It's very tough. A lot of times there are a lot of fathers that could have great relationships with their children, but the mother gets in the way one way or, or another out of spite, out of ignorance, out of just a lot of different reasons. So, it, it is a very, very hard situation. Or they won't let you, you know, the good father in, but they'll let their new boyfriend in who's like yeah. fucking criminal and oh, out yeah. of prison and shit. Oh, yeah. You'll, Sometimes you'll, we see that. Yeah, you'll, you'll deal with, you'll deal with, you know, harboring in. Yeah, and even while you are, you know, trying not to, well, even while you're saving yourself for your kids and not, not spending time with other dudes' kids, she might be bringing another guy over your, around your children. And, you know, these are all, I mean, it's hard having kids and getting divorced. It's hard. It's a lot of different aspects to the situation and it's one answer never fits all. It, it's tough. I mean, it just, just don't, 
just don't do it. I mean, well, see, you're in a different situation, Steve, because you don't have any kids of your, of your own, right? Unless I've missed something the last couple Not years. that I know of. I may <laughs> Not have. Not that you know <laughs> I had uh, I had a baby mom want to take me on Maury. Uh, she said it was her kid, but I didn't call them back. So that might be my kid out there. So, so you didn't go on Maury in a few months. You didn't get the I might get the call. <laughs> when, you the said, call. when you said Maury, I was about to Google that. <laughs> I was, I was going to find the tape. So you never went. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I've, I've, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've chased it down. I, I don't even have any. I don't have any kids that I that I suspect. No, I mean, I have my my two boys in it, and then why with my uh, with my first uh, Colombian uh, uh, wife, and then I have my uh, my kid in, in my one kid in South America with my my ex girlfriend. That's it. Just the two. My my two goes at trying to live with someone and and have a life next to someone and. Uh, now yeah, it is. It is different because in my situation, like I would, I would be more willing to embrace like an insta family, like you said, than I would uh, if I already had kids, kids of my own. Instant, instant family, yeah. Yeah. way to go. Well, yeah, it, it's. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I regret more out of out of being divorced over the the payments, the money, the heartache, everything. Just not not being there and raising my kids uh, full time. That's something I. And and that just keeps me away from wanting to engage and with anybody else's kids. And I don't get lonely, so I'm not. And you know, like I said, I just don't. I just don't see the mechanics where I would find myself all of a sudden in love with a girl that's got a, a baby with someone else. It's just I won't. I'll I'll make sure to put a brakes on that well before I get there because I just I, I know where that's going to lead me. And and that's my personal choice again. I'm not knocking anybody out there that's in that situation because a lot of people are because it's 2020 and everybody's divorced with kids. I mean, it's just, I know when I went, when I go watch my oldest uh, wrestle um, and I go to his sports meets, it's just a bunch of single people there um, recently divorced, watching their kids, a bunch of women and men, every, everybody's divorced with a girlfriend or boyfriend now that's got, kid somewhere else and yeah if you go to the park i bet you greater than 50 60 percent of the people you see are divorced are are, sing, are not married and they have kids there so the people with kids are not not even like together so that's uh that's kind of fascinating uh, yeah yeah i mean look I, I, like i said I, I mean i'll date a girl with kids just don't don't make our relationship about me bringing around your kid now and, and i'll tell her straight up i'm just a not a good role model Bad. She'll probably get she'll probably get turned on by that saying that because women they, like the bad boy. Yes, you know? and they actually yes, women actually do. I've had one girl remark that she respected the fuck out of me because I never tried to win her kid over to win her over to get her pants, which is something that it seems like men would try to do. Like they they'd come to the house and pick her up, but they would like go out of their way to say hi to her kid. So I never did that. I keep the fucking windows up. I keep the windows up with the tent up and I'm, I'm waiting outside and that's it. You know, I'm, I veer away from engaging with the kid. And I told her, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not a good role model, but don't, don't bring me around your kid. And she respected the hell out of that because she thought it was real corny and guys would come around trying to buddy up her kid just to try to get in her pants. She, she said that was already points taken off. And the fact that it, from the start, I told her, I don't want that. She was okay with it because she did want someone to take her and have fun and all that, but she wasn't uh, she wasn't looking for a, for a replacement dad. Apparently, her baby dad's a pretty cool guy and she got along with him. So, 
So look, it goes both ways. Sometimes you'll go out of your way to try to, you know, buddy up the kit and stuff, and you just look like a fool. You look like an idiot doing it. Because I think I, I think every man advice. tries that. No, I think it's good advice, man. Like, uh, if I ever get in that situation, I go on a date with a girl with a kid. I'm gonna use that quote. I'm like, look, I'm not looking to be your kid's buddy. I'm not looking. This room. I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna use that quote. She's probably gonna be like, holy shit. Don't, yeah, don't, don't make it. But you can't make it about like your kid. Right? No, I just, I'm not a good influence for your kid. Like, you yeah. shouldn't bring me around him because I'm just not a good. I'm a fucking steroid user. I put needles to my body. Okay, I use. You know, I have a podcast talking about it. I'm. You know, I, you say all these things, you know, and, and just make it about you. Just say, I'm not sure. probably be like, holy shit, this guy's so different. These other guys are trying to like, you know, act like, you know, they're like, you know, we just men men just get desperate for that, for that booty tank. Exactly. They would just get desperate for it. And And women can smell that a mile away. As soon as they start smelling that, you know. Oh yeah. That's the worst thing. The worst thing you can do is, is just show her how much you like her off the bat. You gotta, women want to feel like they earned it. You know, yeah. women want to feel like they, they've earned it a little bit. And men, you know, we're, we're fools. You know, we, we treat women differently. The women that we really, really like, we treat differently than the women we don't kind of, kind of yeah. like as much. And then the woman you don't really like, you treat them differently and that turns them on to you. That more. turns them on. Incredibly. Then the, yes. Then the girl, if you treat those women the same, if you treat any woman the same way, you'll get way more. You'll notice, like, you'll notice when you like a girl a lot and, and you engage her and she likes you back you will treat her so different that she'll just, she'll walk away from you. She'll start to withdraw back. She'll start to withdraw because she doesn't understand it, but it's making her crazy and it's making her not like you anymore. The fact that she didn't have to do a lot to earn your love and to earn your, you know, you're calling her right away and always being available, all these things. She doesn't understand why it bothers her that she didn't have to earn it. They just, they just, they can't, they don't get it, but it makes them withdraw and then when they withdraw, because you like them, you think you did something wrong, then you start doing a bunch of dumb shit, like apologizing for things that you thought upset her. Or you try to take her on a big trip, or we're going to go to Hawaii. And you try to do all these things to fix it, which makes her even more worry about you and makes her even withdraw even more. Now, on the flip side, you get a girl that you just don't like as much. You don't always return the text right away. She says she wants to come over and you rather watch sports center or whatever. So you tell her you got something important to do, you know, and then she starts wanting to earn that, that attention and that trust from you, especially because she has other guys that put her as their priority. She has other guys that are, that are after her always available to her. And you're the guy that's not always that available. You're the kind of the mysterious one. So it makes her like you even more. So that's why Every time you get together with guys and, and we sit there and talk about sh- about women, you'll always get the story. You know, oh man, these girls that I, this girl, these girls that I just don't like as much, man, they're just after me, man. These hoes won't leave me alone. But when you, but this girl that I do like, oh, it started off great, we're hitting it off, and then she just went cold on me, and then she just withdrew on me. And I don't understand why. And I said, we're going to go to Hawaii and I bought her flowers. And I, and I told her, I really care about her. You know, I told her, Hey, <clears throat> this is real. This is serious. You know, don't, don't withdraw back. Um, and, it, and it doesn't work. It's just the way it is, man. It's just how they're built. Oh yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been through that. I think the best solution to that is if you're single and you're dating, you gotta have multiple women that you're, 
you're talking to. Because if one starts withdrawing from you and starts getting cold with you, you can just fucking cut her off. Like cut her off, goodbye, see you later, delete her phone number, move, move on. And then you can concentrate you know, on the other women. Instead of just focusing on one woman at a time, you got to kind of multitask so you don't get – she doesn't smell that desperation that she's uh, – that's why it's important, I think, when you're dating to, you know, look look everywhere for women, you, whether it be online dating, apps, going uh, to the gym, going to yoga, going to the park, whatever, going to the library, just grocery store, just different options instead of just focusing on one dating website or just focusing on, you know, just meeting women at the gym or one place. So this way you have different options and uh, you don't, you don't get that. She doesn't smell that, that desperation coming from you because women are clever. They can smell that you're only, but they don't, they don't understand why they're put off by that. Even women couldn't explain it to you because Hollywood movies make you believe that the guy who gets the girl is the guy who, you know, walks in the rain and delivers the flowers and tells her he loves her. This is what they make you believe. And and women like watching these movies, but it's not legit. It's not what makes you attractive to them. And women couldn't even explain it to you. If you're a single guy out there, right? um, You need to, the number one thing, if you want to be successful with, with women, okay? And, and look, take it from me. I'm not the best looking guy. I'm about to hit 40. Um, I keep in good shape, but, you know, I'm just, it's, you know, they're not, they're not falling over me because I look like Keanu or anything. Right. So the best thing you could do, you want to be successful with women. You're a single guy is have goals in life, be about your business, be about your mission in life and live it. And let that be what obsesses you in life is, is your mission, your goal in life, whatever it may be, you know, whether you want to be the best at this job or this career that you have, or you want to launch your own business or you, your body, whatever it is, be about your business, your goals, and that'll keep you occupied. So you're not desperate and needy and you're not, you know, this guy who's always available and you're canceling plan, you know, you're canceling plans with your buddy to meet up at the gym or to do something productive, to go hang out with her and all these things. Just be about your goal, be about your business. And women can smell that on you. They can smell the, 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 the energy, the success, the everything. It's just, it, it gets them. And then if you can, again, not every guy can have it set up this way, but if you can make sure that you have some way that women can come to you. Okay. And, and then just be real professional and, and, you know, don't, don't flirt with them right away. Just have them come to you in some regard. And not every guy can do that, but if you can, if you can set up either your, your, your hobbies or your career, the way you make your living in a way where women need to and should and should uh, be uh, coming to you after you do it. It's the best, it's the best way. The, the best way to really single guy, you want to, you want to meet a lot of women, have your pick is, is set things up in a way where they have to come to you somehow. Just, just that's the best way. And it's very broad. If I start being specific, I'm just probably going to confuse people, but just, you know, do it that way. Just find a way to do that. It's probably the best way. And, and don't be desperate. And, and your number one goal in life and your number one priority throughout your day, every day, should be your personal mission in life, your goal, your career, your body, your sport, whatever the fuck it is. That's got to be your main concern. And once you're that guy, man, women, they just, 
they can smell it on you. They just, man, when you're that guy that has something more important to do than hanging out with them, oh man, do they love that. It's incredible. And you don't have to be the best looking guy. You don't have to be, you know, six foot something. And you know, you don't even have to have hair, bro. I'm a fucking bald guy and I'm short, dude. <laughs> and I still get it. You know, just because, just because you just don't be fucking desperate. Just don't be, don't be, you got to be comfortable with yourself first and don't be lonely. Like, don't be desperate. Don't be lonely. With the, don't be bored. You know, if, you, if you're lonely and you're bored, that's your problem. You know, don't be fucking bored. There's so many things to do nowadays. You have, you have the world's knowledge in that little phone, that little piece of glass and, and that screen. How could you be bored? You know, you can communicate with the world. Uh, you know, how can you be lonely? Just don't be bored. Don't be lonely. Be about your mission. And women will just, well, they'll still smell that on you. They'll gravitate towards you. They won't be able to stop thinking about you. And they couldn't even tell. And they, they don't even know why. It's just the way it works. I don't know. Yeah, I think, uh, I, you know, that's, that's really sound advice for sure. And um, I think a lot of guys need to take a step back. I mean, if you're chasing, chasing tail all the time, take a step back and maybe try to better yourself. Maybe spend, uh, spend uh, a day instead of on the weekend trying to go find women, just uh, spend the day, go, go to the library, the bookstore and just read, you know, read for the day, just up your knowledge. Cause uh, women can smell that too. They can smell a stupid guy from a mile away as well when you're on a date. And um, I mean, yeah, good looks can make up for that. But um, for most of us who aren't, we don't look like Ben Affleck. I think for most of us, uh, if you bring knowledge to the table, they will really be, be really impressed. I think that will blow them away, especially uh, women, you know, women, you know, these days, because a lot of most women these days have a higher education than, than men. Women are more educated than men. Uh, Two thirds of colleges are, are female nowadays. Yeah, guys. So, you know, a lot of topics on this stuff, guys. Um, Keep sending them in guys. These questions, uh, they're really, really uh, interesting to talk about. So, and, Hopefully we gave you guys some good tips on this podcast across the board, relationships, steroids, diet. Um, I think you can really, really improve yourself. Like what Rube was saying, just by listening to these podcasts every week. Um, and I, I know I learn a lot from Rick and he's learned a lot from me. Absolutely. And I, just, I learn a just, ton from you, buddy, all the time. Yeah. That's great. Just, just uh, talk. If we don't talk about this stuff, guys, we'll, we'll never get better. So that's why these forums are so, are so awesome. Uh, so, you know, hit me up on the forum, guys, anytime, evolution.org, Steve, SMI. And uh, Rick, you're also on there, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, guys, uh, my brand, I'm going to push my brand a little bit. Need to build muscle. And the number two, B as in boy, M as in married.com. It's four letters, uh, actually three letters and one number. And 2BM. Uh, it's my brand. Hit it up. We have sleep aid. Uh, we have a shampoo for uh, steroid users. Um, you know, we have a, a liver support for steroid users got everything on there guys just come support if you have any questions if you need any help with anything guys diet training relationships whatever hit me up big rick rock at need to build muscle so big b-i-g r-i-c-k r-o-c-k at need to build muscle.com just hit me up any questions anything you need um if it's a good you know if it's an interesting enough question we'll feature in the podcast um 
if anything, I'll just give you a buzz and we, we could discuss it. So just, just hit us up, guys. We're always here for you. All right, guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Hey, have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.